0: You're listening to the sermon podcast from Real Life Church Pullman, reaching the world for Jesus one person at a time. I am super excited. I'm super glad to be back. Um... Back in the saddle, and uh, the last couple of weeks getting reconnected, uh, just in the flow of work and life and all that stuff. If you're new here, uh, I have been off on a sabbatical adventure. And if you're not new to the, if you're not uh, a church person, and somebody says you're on a sabbatical, that sounds weird. I took a long break um, and uh, did some. Uh, Hanging with the Lord and refreshing and restoring. I'll tell you a little bit more about some of the stuff that God's been showing me over my time off. And so today is my first day back preaching. And so if you're here today, hang on, right? Because um, you never know what you're going to get when I get up here, right? I, I'm super excited about this. So this morning, I just want to share with you... Um, a little bit about some things that have been going on in my personal life and kind of some things God's been showing me personally, why we're getting into Acts, kind of how we got to this place where we're going to dive in and chew on Acts for a while. Then we're going to do a little bit of teeing up, intro to Acts, just real basic intro stuff today. And then we're going to kind of wrap up with uh, an idea of what's to come in the weeks to come. All right, you guys on board with that? Sound good? All right. Um, so here's the deal. How many of you, uh, in this room are uh, regular Facebook people. Like you're on Facebook pretty often, every seven minutes, something like that, right? Right? All right. So you're not very often, you know, you're cut down to 10 minute intervals, right? So if you're a Facebook person, then you sorta of probably uh we're probably friends, and if we're not, we should be. Uh let's find each other and be real friends on Facebook. Um if you're in the Facebook world, then you probably have a little bit of an idea of this crazy bunk bed thing that God's got going on in my life. Um awesome. it is uh it's pretty cool. And I just wanted to share a little bit about it and uh, kind of help you guys get a reference for it um, as we kind of move on with it. Because I have no idea what it's going to, it's already a thousand times crazier than I ever thought. So like uh, over a year ago, um, I saw something where someone was doing something like this and it just stuck in my craw, right? It just was this thing was like, I could do that. And uh, as many of you know, the last year of my life has been a little bit weird and crazy. And I had this idea and wanted to kind of launch it a couple of times and just felt like God was really putting the brakes on it. Like, this is not the right time for you to tackle that. This is not, I'm not, you're not ready. I'm not ready, like, right? And so I just put the brakes on it. And as as I was on sabbatical, I spent a lot of time praying and spending time with the Lord. And I and the thing. one of the things that kept coming up with me is me wrestling through over a lot of years of doing uh, ministry vocationally as a job like being being a paid christian is awesome and weird okay I don't know how else to explain it. It is awesome. It is the most amazing opportunity in the world to get to do this as a job. And it's also weird. Like you've heard the saying where you take your hobby and you turn it into a job and then you don't love your hobby anymore. Like there's that tension, right? And one of the things God was really showing me on my time off is like like re-dialing in being good 100% with being me 24-7, like being who he made me to be all the time, not just as I pour myself into ministry as a job, but like my my Friday morning version of me, like just being good to just be me there too, right? And not be so worried about everything has to be a church thing or it has to be a a, a program or an, a thing that we do as an organization. And, and because I care about the church and because I care about people coming here and all that we do when people come here, my mind, I, I just think like, a little over the top and, and I turn like something that's maybe not a church thing that God sort of stirred up or, a, or not a church, uh, a leader relationship. I, I like turn somebody into a prospect and I'm like, I got to get them in. Right? Like I want them to be a part of leadership. I want them to be in our church. And maybe God was just like that person. I was just really hoping would be your fishing friend. Like, you need some of those. And so I'm listening to God and learning and going, okay, what, is, what, what are you trying to show me through this stuff? And just really felt like God showed me this idea with the bunk beds was like, just trust me on this one. This isn't a, this isn't a, this isn't a church thing. This isn't some new program. This isn't some new thing. This is just something I gave you. And, and I have people out there that that are ready. And I just want you to just hang it out there and trust me. And so... I was like, all right, I have no idea what that even means. Um, and so I threw out, tomorrow will be two weeks. I threw out a little Facebook post saying, I'm interested if God's really given me a heart to help make sure no kids sleep on the floor in our community and the area around us. Like, I love kids. Um, and the idea of kids sleeping on the floor, particularly because they get in situations where they're, it's out of their control. There's nothing they can do to fix about it like a seven-year-old can't go get a job and buy a bunk bed, right? Like, So it's not about whether the parents this or that, or it's not about that. It's about how can we come alongside? How can I come alongside? And do my part to love some kids in a, in a practical way. And so I just threw it out, threw this little dream out there. Had this idea in my mind. I sat down and I reviewed my personal finances. I was like, I could make some adjustments. Um, I really don't need Hulu Live, right? Like, I can live. And football's over today, so I mean, like, I'll get by, right? And so I'm seriously making some adjustments. I'm like, okay, I think I can squeak out one bed a month out of my pocket, and I'll do the, you know, and we'll figure it out. And I'm like, how cool would that be, like, 12 beds, 24 kids off the floor? And so I start dreaming, and then as I put the word out, like, in two days, it's like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people in my Facebook, I had to go put my phone back there. I cannot have it near me because it's like right now. (laughs) I made the mistake of looking at it from when I walked to the door to there and have like seven new messages in the last like three minutes of people that need a bed for their kids that are not in a bed. It's non-stop. I've got in a few days over 500 requests. And I just sit there at my kitchen table. Every morning I get up, I do my devotions at my kitchen table, and I'm sitting there, and I'm just marveling at this crazy thing, this cool opportunity, and I'm just like, all right, Lord, I am way out of my league. My budget does not accommodate this, right? So I'm like, I don't know what's going to happen. And, and all of a sudden, people are out of the woodwork wanting to be a part of it and wanting to help and wanting to this. And, and I, there's people coming from Indicott and Lewiston. And I had two friends I have known and I haven't seen for 12 years, got up at 6 o'clock yesterday morning and drove from Post Falls and spent all day in my basement building bunk beds because they wanted to make sure no kids sleeping on the floor. Like, people are just getting their arms around the idea of just practically loving people in a tangible way, and I'm just like, okay, Lord, you've got this all figured out, right? So I sit at my kitchen table. I'm like, I need to dream a bigger dream, right? I need to think bigger. Like, could I do one a week? That would be 52 beds, right? Could I do 52 beds? Okay, sure, Right? Some of you don't know, I used to own a construction company and I pumped out a lot of buildings. Like I know how to produce stuff. So I'm like, the get in the bed bill, I could probably figure that out. I got some friends that will help. I figure that out. I don't know how, but I'll figure it out. Right? And, uh, and so then I start dreaming that and then I get other people that are involved and there's an awesome woman in Pullman who uh, named Katie who I have not even yet met in person who has jumped on board and rescued me and is organizing and helping and has built a website and intake for and it's just good, like all of this amazing stuff and she's just super on board. I've never even seen her in person yet. <laughs> and we live in the same town. And she's like, "This is amazing. Do you think you could do a I'm like, <laughs> um, "So, I'm kind of dumb, um, and I'm very much a launch the plane and then invite people to help me build the wings while we get going." <laughs> that is my style. So I'm like, "Look, somebody wants to build a wing. Sure, I think we could do a hundred, right?" I'm like. I said, "Here's the deal. You help me find the money. I'll figure out how to build 100. Let's do it. Let's go for it." And so, this over this last week, all this stuff's coming on. So we did a fundraiser, and, and I was trying to get 37.50 to build 25 beds and all this crazy stuff. And in less than a week, that was blown away, and the number went way past that. There's been way over 100 people that have donated from all around the United States. Wow! And uh, we're like, I'm approaching $7,000 raised in like seven days or something. I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> I have accountant friends that are worried about me, and they're like, you need to make sure you're doing this with your this, and track, and I'm just like, God will bring someone that knows how to do that. I don't know, I don't know them yet, but I'm sure they're coming, right? Please. <laughs> or I'm in big trouble. Um, but that's been how this thing has gone. And, I'm just sharing some of these stories with you and giving you a little background on it and all this stuff because it's just, it's what God's been doing in my life and it's what God's been showing me and it ties into my time off in sabbatical and kind of the things that he was showing me personally just as a Jesus follower, not as a, a guy that works at a church um, and uh, and it ties into kind of what I was learning as I was going through Acts and it will bleed into kind of our series that we unpack together and it's been pretty amazing and um, I sat down and... Uh, I'd have to look at the thing. I think it was like the January 28th. I sat down every morning. I sit down at my kitchen table with my coffee. I don't go anywhere near my phone because once I look at it and crack the seal, it's over for the day. And so I don't go anywhere near that. I sit at my kitchen table. I read. I do my devotions. I'm working on memorizing scripture and studying, and I'm journaling a ton. And as I'm sitting there, I go through one of my devotions, and and the devotion talks about faith. And it says, you know, faith... um, it's not about like this idea of kind of like hanging it out there to try something that you might be able to do. It's like deciding to do something that you don't even know how it'll happen. Like you don't even know if it'll work or not. Like that's faith. And as I sat there and read that, I was just like, just kind of washed over with the, the faith building things that have happened over the last week because of this bed thing. And I just got this stupid idea it says the passage about Jesus saying, you know, with, with him, with God, all things are possible. And I'm just like, I just sat there pondering and chewing on that. And, and my dumb hand wrote right next to that in that devotional before my brain could even tell it to stop. It wrote, all things are possible, like even 500 bunk beds. And I circled it like this and wrote the date. And then I was dumb and was like, man, I want to share that dream. And this Katie, who I don't know yet, who's amazing, she told people about it. <laughs> now I'm in deep trouble. So here's, here's my last little bunk bed thing, and then we'll get to the real stuff. Okay? Okay. Um, this has been such a huge part of my life the last few weeks. Like It, it had to be sort of a huge part of kind of reconnecting with you guys. Um, there are some things, there, there are 50 amazing, crazy God things, I could tell you, uh, that have happened as a, as a result of this deal. I went up last weekend to Coeur d'Alene to get supplies, trying to figure out how to, I'm like, okay, so I got some money. I got to build some beds, right? I hadn't even built one yet. Um, And so I scramble and I go get supplies and my daughter helps me. My three-year-old granddaughter was really helpful loading lumber um, and uh, really streamlined the process. Uh, And because I was doing papa duty and lumber loading, bed building, list finding duty, I managed to leave Coeur d'Alene with most of the supplies, but not all of them that I intended to buy. And so about halfway home Saturday night late, I'm coming back last Saturday night and I'm like have one of those like ah I forgot the stain. I was going to buy like gallons and gallons of stain. I'm like frustrated, right? Monday I'm like, "Okay, I'm going to go get him at Powell Billy's ply. I'll get the stuff on there and I need to get the stain because I've got people coming and I got people helping me and Monday night Ron's helping me in my basement get organized and I see some stain. It's after work and I'm like ah again. Like, how can I not, you know, and I'm starting to feel a little stir-crazy. Like, like, I need to write this, I'm an old-school Palm Pilot guy, where you do ink on palm. Um, and so I'm like, I really need a better reminding system. And so Tuesday morning, I get up, and I'm sitting at the kitchen table. I'm not touching my phone. I'm doing my devotions. I forgot all about staying for the third time. Uh, and I'm just sitting there, spending time with the Lord. My phone's going off, my phone's going off, my phone's going off. I'm just like, okay. <laughs> I pick up my phone. It's a message from a guy in our church who I probably haven't talked to in three months. He says, you know, I meant to get a hold of you yesterday, uh, but I'm coming to town this morning, and I don't know if you're going to paint those beds or stain them, but I got a bunch of stain left from a job that I didn't use, and I thought I'd bring it to you today. Right? I know it's one of those things that's hard to retell and get the thing that happened in me when he called me and told me he had stain, right? And I'm just like, it just builds your faith as you just risk it for God. To ice the cake of that, I went and did some random stuff. He was going to swing into our office in Pullman and bring me staying. I went and did some random stuff. I pulled into the office. uh, We had no appointment or anything. He was just going to do it whenever. I pulled in. I opened my car door. I stepped out of my car and turned, and here he comes walking over with a bag, and he's like, wow, that was good timing. Here you go. I'm just like, all right, God, now you're just showing off, right? (laughs) Good news. I do not have to have it all figured out. That same God is for all of us that way. And we're going to get to dive into Acts, and we're going to get to see some amazing, awesome stories of a God that is for us, of a God that is for his messengers, his ambassadors who are risk takers, crazy adventurers that are willing to try stuff that makes no sense and go to places they've never been to talk to people that don't know about their God. And he is going to blow the doors off by handing them stain and exactly when they need it left and right. And we get to walk through that as we spend time in Acts. It's going to be fun. I'm really looking forward to it. Through my time in sabbatical, I started seeing a lot of parallels with Acts. Like, I just kept seeing this idea of this uh, this this thing about something new, right? Like, it's a new season for me in life. It's a new season for our church in the months to come as we launch off onto our own and kind of been a, a transition year for us in a lot of ways as a church and a team. And and I just kept feeling this message that there's something new in store for us. And and as I dug into Acts, I just kept seeing the same parallels, right? Like. Acts is the story where God uh, takes the, the same God that's been around since the very beginning and has loved his people and redeemed his people and rescued them from the messes they've got themselves in and others have got themselves in. The same God who has been for them time and time again switches gears and it's the 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 linchpin is what happens right at the beginning of the book of acts this story that unfolds in the book of acts is the the something new everything that unfolds in acts it doesn't do away with the god that we knew previously it doesn't do away with the way god loves and cares about his people previously but he does something new he comes to his people And he reveals himself and he comes to abide with them in a way that is brand new and intimate and deeply personal like he had never done before. And I was like, man, Lord, that feels a lot like what I've been going through. And what I'm experiencing, and, and I feel like that's the journey I want for us as a church. Like, I, I want to be able to look back and say, man, we turned the corner, and at some point things just lit up, and God was nearer and closer to us, and more intimate, and more personal, and more just involved in every inch of what we do, and ever since then, it's never been the same. And so I'm asking you guys, like, as we get into this series in Acts, dive in like go all in don't miss be here every week we're going to do some reading i'll I'll give you the reading and say hey next week read this so you're ready like come ready get milk every drop out of this to grow in your faith to have your faith built to have your relationship with god built to see what god's saying to you personally as we go through this all right all right in the giant amount of time I have left. Let's talk a little bit about Acts. A <laughs> uh, couple of quick facts about Acts. Acts uh, is a narrative style book. It's like, so it's like telling a story of a historical account, a bunch of events and people and places and things that happened, okay? So it's kind of like a, a history story of real things. It covers a period of about 31 years, okay? So when you're reading it, you're not reading like a linear, like, play-by-play of this was this day, that was this day, and it's like, oh, that was like, that was like three weeks, the book of Acts all happened. No. Luke, the author is overviewing a big period of history in the birth of the New Testament church. Okay, and we're going to unpack that in detail as we go through it. Um, Luke, the author, is writing the second half of what is known as like a two-part volume. So in, in the Gospel of Luke, Luke starts off and writes in the Gospel of Luke to a guy named Theopolis and he says that he essentially says it's in your notes. I'm really short on time. So I'm going to give you the, the paraphrased that version. Okay. Um, he gives him this, this idea that, um, he says a lot of people have known about what has happened with Jesus and the history and all the things that have gone on. A lot of people have done a lot of work to undertake, to write a historical account of it. And he goes, uh, I have been a huge part of it, and I have been involved in the details, and I've done the research and the homework, and I'm going to endeavor to do the same, to like write a really good detailed report or account of what happened. And so that's what Luke set out to do. And so the first book is all about uh, the... The Acts of Jesus, right? What did Jesus do and teach? And that was his intent in writing uh, the Gospel of Luke. And then in the second part, in Acts, we have the same author who's writing to the same person, And he then goes on to say, in my first book, I wrote all about the things that Jesus began to do and teach. And now, and then he goes on to talk about what happens next. Okay. We're going to look at that before we leave. And he goes on to talk about what happens next. And so Acts is often called the Acts of the Apostles. It would be more rightly thought of as the Acts of Jesus and the Spirit, right? Like the beginning was all about what Jesus did and taught. Acts is like What did Jesus continue to do through the Spirit? This new thing that came on the scene in this new way, how did that happen, right? And so Acts shares that whole story. Um, Luke was a Gentile, and what's really interesting and, and helpful for us to know is he is arguably the only author of the Bible who is not Jewish, okay? we're a long ways removed, so we're like, okay, that just seems like a neat tidbit, right? Trivia night, I'll win that one, right? Here's what you need to know. Most of us in this room are not Jewish. Most of us in this room are Gentiles. We don't use that language anymore. All that means is people that weren't Jews. That's really all you need to know about it. People that weren't, were not Jews. They didn't know the God of the Jews, and they were Gentiles, and, and Luke was not one of the apostles, He was a Gentile, and as a Gentile, his view on things was really unique. And so as we read through the Gospel of Luke, and then as we dig into Acts in this series, we're going to get this awesome opportunity to see the one account in all of the Bible where someone like us got to tell the story about how God came to other people like us. And for me, it really resonates because I'm a guy that didn't grow up in church. Like, not only am I not a Jew, spoiler alert, not only am I not a Jew, not only do I not have any Jewish background or heritage or, or, and I'm just recently in life even learning about that stuff, not only all of that, but I don't have church, just Christian background. I don't have upbringing. I don't have roots in it. Like, and so I'm a guy that came to know Jesus later in life. I'm a guy that... that doesn't have roots like in all of acts we get a guy that is a guy that was more like me a regular guy that came to know about the god of the jews the one true god and then he shared about what did it look like to roll it out to other people like him other people like me that worshiped wrong gods that did things that were not right that lived sinful pagan lifestyles that that weren't sure if God was real or not real, right? Like, how did that look? How did that all happen? And so this is this really cool account that we get this perspective that we don't get anywhere else in the scripture. And so it's really cool. And we're gonna see that Luke has this heart and passion for his people to know God. And and he pays special attention to really mapping out how the Gentiles came to know and follow God the problems they had, the things that they we were challenged with. Like he gets a lot of detail that help us learn even for us today, okay? So it's gonna be really fun to unpack all that. Now, I wanna finish by starting Acts, okay? We're gonna take a look at this and chew on it a little bit. Um, I wanna read you guys a big chunk of the first chapter of Acts. We're gonna kind of just zero in and uh, kind of set the stage for the weeks to come as we dive into Acts. Okay, sound good? Yep. All right. Uh, I don't know if this one's all in your notes or not. I don't think so. It's going to be up on the screen. So um, bust out your uh, Bible phone or that paper thing um, that some people still have, right? Who's who's doing paper Bible, like real one? I, ha- I saw a couple hands. Okay, good, good. Hey, I'm just glad if you got the scriptures. So Acts 1 says this, in my former book, Theopolis, I wrote all about Jesus began to do and teach until the day that he was taken up to heaven. Real quick, both books, Luke and Acts, he's writing to this guy named Theopolis. Theopolis was a governor of the town that Luke was from. It is a way for Luke to write to someone really important. And when you write a letter in those days to someone that was really important, it helped make sure that the people knew that that was a really important letter right? It's the exact same way of somebody right now taking a crazy idea like this blessing beds thing and finding some insane, awesome influencer on Instagram that everybody in the world knows and getting them to talk about my thing, like tell my story, right? Like he grabbed Theopolis, an influencer of the time, and he went, hey, I'm going to make sure Theopolis gets this letter because he's kind of a guy that's a mover and a shaker. And if people know that he's reading it, guess what's going to happen? Everybody's going to read this story. That's the gist of it. So he goes to Theopolis, and he's telling him this story. He says that uh, uh, on the day he was taken up to heaven, after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles that he had chosen, okay? After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. And he appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, uh, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for my gift Uh, Wait for the gift that my father promised, which you have heard me speak about, for John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it's not for you to know the times or the dates that the father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And after this, uh, after he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes and a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going. And when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside the men of Galilee, he said, they said, "Uh, why do you stand here looking into the sky? And so this is the, this is the story. This is the stage that Luke sets, right? This is, this is Luke's story about Jesus and the spirit part two. He's like the second half of the story starts like this. Jesus is with his guys, and he gives them these special instructions. Number one, hang around. You're going to get something really important, and 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 it's uh, something amazing is about to happen. And of course, where his guys at? His guys are at. Like by amazing, do you mean this is the part where we all get to be back in charge? And Rome's out, and we're in, and we're going to take things over, and and we're going to rule the land again. And our oppressors, and and all these taxes that we're paying are going away. And we're going to have our own money and our own religion. And we don't have all these pagans in on our land, like, do you mean now, like, that's what's going to happen? And he's like, yeah, no. <laughs> he's like, no. That's not it. That's not what this is about. In fact, it, I don't even want you to worry about that. It's not even for us to, to worry about. That's, that's, that's up to the Father to sort out when and where all those details happen. He's like, I've got something bigger. I've got something more amazing that I want you to focus on. He gives them these two big you wills. Could you imagine Jesus sitting with you and leaning into you and going, you will. Can you imagine Jesus telling you, you will. Are you on the edge of your seat wondering what he's going to say next? The Jesus that they watched heal blind men, fix arms, resurrect people from the dead people be healed by touching his garment, preach, confound the Pharisees, hold up to every single argument that had ever come his way, and he looks at them at the end of all of this, after he has spent time with them, raised from the dead, let him put their fingers through the holes in his hands to cure their doubt, that Jesus looks at him and says, you will, right? He says, you're going to get power. That God that they had been with through those things and seen that stuff said they are going to get power when the Holy Spirit comes to them. Can you imagine what those guys were thinking? Like, I mean, that was good, but if we're getting some of it, what does he mean? What what kind of power? Like, what are we going to get to do with it, right? Like, where would your mind go? And then he gives them you will number two. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Like all of a sudden they're like, hold on a second, we're going to get power and, and, and we're going to be your witnesses. Like, what does that even mean? What is in store for us? And I love this picture at the end of this little kind of scene one, opening scene to the book of Acts, is here you've got all the guys where Jesus just said this stuff to him, like, you are going to get power, you're going to be my witnesses, it's going to be epic, it's going to be amazing, don't worry about any of that other stuff, God's got it taken care of. It is going to be awesome. Oh, by the way, I'm out. And guess where they're all like? Right? Just like we would be. Like holy smokes what 's I, I had a couple more questions <laughs> right and that 's where we start acts that 's where we 're going to jump into this this journey with these guys they 're going to show us what it looks like to walk out living in this new power and being ambassadors and witnesses for Jesus in foreign lands in crazy places in the most wild of circumstances to a bunch of people that have no interest in the God that they, that they don't even know yet. And I think we're going to learn a bunch about what God wants us to live like in our community in our Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria, right? In our Colton and Uniontown and Colfax and Lewiston and Meridian and Las Vegas, right? Like, you name it. So I'm excited for what God's gonna do in the weeks to come. So uh, we're gonna switch gears and finish with communion. So if you're serving communion, if you would go ahead and pass that out, that would be awesome. Every week at Real Life, we take communion, and we have what we call an open table, and that means that anybody that wants to celebrate the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus with us, please take communion with us. You don't have to be a special member. You don't have to have something paper signed or something. You just have to be on Team Jesus with us. If you're on Team Jesus, please take communion with us. We would love for you to participate. When they pass it out, just hold on to the elements, and then we're going to take communion together in a few minutes when we're finished up, all right? While they're passing that out, we're going to kind of zip through a couple of uh, implications up here on the screen. So let's uh, take a look at those. They're going to be in your notes. A lot of times these are awesome for discussion in your home groups, in like a me and three or discipleship group you're in, uh, when you're sitting at your kitchen table doing your morning devos and you don't have your phone out yet, hint, Um, you could use these to chew and ponder on. So let's look at the first one. Don't get overwhelmed by the various people, places, and timeline, and acts. Just commit to it. Dig in and learn. Like One of the things that we hear all the time is people are like, I started reading, but it's confusing. There's this person and that person, and I didn't understand who they were, and I don't know who that is, and I don't, ref- I don't get that. Like, Totally get it. Been there lots of my life. Here's what I can say. I only know what I know because I sat down at my kitchen table and I started reading and studying. And I got around other people that would help me by answering questions to things I didn't know the answer to. And so I would just challenge you to do the same as we dig into this. Next one. Approach this series with great anticipation. Think about this. Like you just discovered a letter describing your family history full of stories and people and places that you never knew you were connected to. Like in our world with the Ancestry.com stuff, like you hear kind of cool stories over time of people that found a, a sibling they didn't know they had or a cousin or a distant relative or connected to a great-great-grandma that they didn't know. And it's like, people are like, wow, that is amazing. Like this is that times like 1 million. Lean in and think about like, this is my family's history. This is how we got started as we get into Acts. Next who can you bring on this journey with you? Who are you gonna invite to be here with you next week? Like, all of us in this room know somebody that has no idea how this whole God thing works. Or they may know a little bit about it, but they're not walking the walk and they just don't get it, they don't know what's next. This is gonna be just a really awesome journey where God's word is gonna be our guide. We're gonna get a dig in and see how he shares his son Jesus with a lost and hurting world that it doesn't even know who God is. And I'm pretty sure you know somebody that could benefit from hearing that story. So I would really encourage you, like bring somebody, bring somebody with you in the, in the weeks to come. All right, last thing is we're gonna put that in there every week. So uh, before next week, Acts chapter one and Acts chapter two. So two chapters, they're not super long. We already read half of Acts one. I mean, I cheated for you. Okay, so read the first couple chapter's acts and then next week you're going to be game on and ready to go, all right? Now, we're going to finish with this. We're going to celebrate every week communion. And the thing that we're celebrating and remembering is the very thing. It is the, the linchpin turning point core thing in the history of our faith that happened, that went from the, the God of the Old Testament to what we're going to learn about is the God of the New Testament, that this is this God that's intimate and personal and with everyone, for everyone in this amazing way. All of what we learn about in Acts is possible because Jesus did what he did did on the cross that's the thing that makes what we learn in acts possible and so every week we remember it because it is the most important thing that could ever happen for us as believers is to remember what Christ did for us on the cross we remember that on the night he was betrayed he took the bread and he broke it and he gave thanks he said as often as you get together let's eat this in remembrance of him in the same way he took the cup and he said this cup represents the new covenant which was his blood shed for the forgiveness of sins. And so as we drink this cup, we remember the shed blood of Christ for the forgiveness of our sins. So let's drink. God, we just love you. We are so, so glad that we get to know you. I'm so glad that as a a guy that didn't grow up knowing you, a modern day Gentile, that you sent, Crazy people like uh, Paul and Luke and Silas and Barnabas and modern versions of them into my world to help me know who you are. I pray that God each of us would get to experience what's that what that's like getting to be that for someone else. So just uh, be with us, Lord. Guide us to others that need to know you. We just pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for checking out this message from Real Life. You can find out more about us at rlcpullman.com and by connecting with us on Facebook. Until next time, have a great week.